emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. I'm at class with my good friend and co-host Ron Baker and folks on today's show, our third and a half interview with Father Robert Sirico. Except Robert Sirico could not be with us until quarter past the hour. So what? What, Ron? I'm gonna have to multiply. Like, what? What's a half times three oh, quarters? Geez, I know. Right? It's like uh, multiplication I, of fractions. I'm <laughs> rounding up here, Red. It's like the billable hour. I'm just rounding up. This is as rounding up. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's it's really it'd be well, well a half times three quarters is three eighths. So. <laughs> It's too confusing. I it's can't too confusing. This. You can get on do fractions. You're, a, you're no. a, accountants. Don't do fractions. You no, do percentages. No, no. Yes, right. <laughs> Decimal places to two, but that's it. Yeah. But no fractions. There's no fractions in accounting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so great. Though. So great to have him back on. I'm really looking forward to it. And, yeah. And we have to keep him even with Rabbi Lappin too. You the, know. Exactly correct. Right, exactly so. correct. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think we 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 mentioned that to to the rabbi when he was on that he was one ahead, and he said, "Be sure to mention that to him." Yeah, he said, "Good." He said, "Good." <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> Great. So, uh, so we will hopefully be joined by Father Sirico probably around the quarter past the hour, and uh, but as soon as he gets on, we'll certainly welcome him and and jump right to it. But Ron, we talked a lot last week about subscription, and before we were prepping for the show, you said there's been an update that you want to share with people on this about subscriptions. Let's let's quick talk, get that out yeah, of the way. Yeah, these got removed from my subscription stack for some reason because they were newer. But this there's a digital publication that covers the restaurant and beverage industry called Eater, and they have started a wine club, a national program. And um, each month, it two, you get two bottles of wine for $70 per month or four bottles for $110 per month, an exclusive newsletter, and early access to virtual wine tastings, which will feature a sommelier or a wine professional. Um, the first box is to launch this month, and the theme this month is Greek wines. Hmm. So it's interesting. It's not a winery. It's a, it's a digital publication. Uh, this is out of digiday.com, Greg. Uh, buying for consumer revenue, Eater serves up new wine subscription play. I guess Eater's the name of the magazine. So hmm, just interesting. remember Very we talked cool. about how wineries could probably be more creative with with their with their uh, wine clubs. You know, I just we'll see. They're gonna they're gonna feature different regions of the world. You know, every month, and that could be interesting rather than just having it come out of the same winery all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think so. And then probably, you know, they can mix and match some other stuff in there, foodstuffs, cheeses. You know, I think that they make a, a full play for the, the sommelier experience, right, where yeah, they could yeah, come in sure. and, and, and talk to those folks. Yes, I, I have heard that the, the, the wineries overall are, are – are, we're doing well in terms of wine sales, but the, the tastings have been where they make a lot of their money, and that's really impacted them, hasn't it? 
Uh, yeah, you know, it has. I, I know some of them have been doing it, but now I guess Napa is in a pretty stringent lockdown. It's in the purple code, which is like the highest tier of lockdown. And I do think the wineries are back to to no tastings, no public tasting. So it's just online sales, curbside pickup, that type of thing. Unless it's Gavin Newsom's winery. Then, well, then yeah, it's... then you can probably, you know, <laughs> there's... Probably like going to Rome in the good old days. Yeah. Well, your governor got himself into some hot water this week, didn't he? He, he did, and I want to talk about that. But let me give you the, the other update just on this. Okay. This is out of, uh, where is this? This is CNBC, Hotels on Demand. Uh, so Intercontinental Hotel Group, Marriott, and Accor have launched or are considering launching monthly subscription plans ranging from $1,100 in Singapore to $1,970 in Indonesia, work from hotel packages. So they're repurposing their rooms into private gyms, even recording studios. I guess that means they're upgrading their internet too in a lot of these places. But I just thought that was really, really interesting. Um, the hotelier, uh, which owns the iconic Chateau Marmont, right? Isn't that where Belushi... Uh, where they oh from? gosh okay yeah I, if you I, say I, so <laughs> I, I can't remember uh but it, they're they're turning that into a members only hotel so you know that's not a bad idea to take some of these hotel rooms and repurpose them for work or or recording studios and gyms and other things probably that's that's pretty clever thinking yeah not 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 everyone can put together a home recording studio like you and I did, Ron. So, well, you know, I gotta believe that these hotels are really hurt. I mean, I haven't been in a hotel. Since. Yeah. Hey, here's some good news. Father looks like Father Father Rico is ready to join us. So let me see if I can get oh, him fantastic. admitted here and jump right in. Take it away. Add him to the add him to the call, and away we go. Father Rico. Hello. Well, welcome. We are live and on the air. We've already oh, we're, 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 we started without you, Father. We started yeah, without yeah, you. We started without you. <laughs> you know, they never do that at mass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, although, and the end, you you no matter what, you go on because uh, three weeks ago, our my my pianist didn't show up, and I had to do a cappella, Father, as the as the cantor. Oh, yeah. The whole yeah, yeah that was fun. I, I, <laughs> I've done that on my own. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hope it was in Lent for the sake of my people, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, well good to we, be with you. Thank you. Oh, yes, thank you it's always. Back. Yes, it's great to be with you. And, and we, we figured we wanted to, to start off talking about, uh, with, and by the way, for those of you who are joining us, Father Sirico has been on three and a half times um, because it was one time he was on with Rabbi Lappin. And you should know, Father, oh, we, we had... can't get a word in edgewise. Right. And, and, we had, and we had the rabbi on about a month ago, and we told him that you, he was now one up on you. And he was very happy oh, about that. I love that, yeah. <laughs> he said good, but with a lilt in his voice, Father, so... Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so we we if you want to hear Father's bio, we'll we'll print it in the show notes. But let's get right to the 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 topics at hand. And Ron and I are have both following the story of of Jimmy Lai in Hong Kong. Uh, with with uh, much interest, and I know you happen to be a personal friends with him as well. I know you interviewed yes. him recently when you had a, a, an Acton event. Uh, what's what's the latest, Father? What's what's going on? Well, uh, he is expecting to be called for trial 
Um, so it's kind of being held uh, in advance until they get through that process. They had arrested him recently. Uh, I don't remember if that was right before or right after the other interview that we did with him. We did another one where we presented him the Act and Institute Faith and Freedom Award uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact. And uh, in that, he he was talking about the, the tensions that are rising there in Hong Kong and the threats to human liberty. Of course, this pandemic has kind of calmed down the demonstrations, but I don't think it has calmed down the fervor. Basically, for those who don't know, he's a businessman who came to Hong Kong when he was, I think, 10 years old and uh, had a dollar uh, in his pocket and built a, um, an empire. At first, it was uh, clothing, Giordano. Uh, it, was, it went through the, the mainland of China as well. And then when Tiananmen Square came, he in his clothing line, he donated, uh, I forget what it was, free China t-shirts or something like that. And that forced uh, the hand of the Chinese government, which then uh, insisted that they buy his clothing uh, line. And then he turned around and started this uh, big newspaper in Hong Kong, which is, uh, I think, the top uh, read newspaper in Hong Kong. Apple Daily, and uh, I don't know because I don't read Chinese how good a newspaper it is generally, but I do know that they're constantly taking editorials from good places, and mm -hmm. their writers are excellent people. Jim was inspired um, by Hayek as a young man. Someone gave him the road to serfdom. Maybe that was the bond between us because a similar thing happened to me. Uh, but then uh, in I think it was the 19, late 1990s, he uh, converted to Catholicism as well. So that's his story, and he's a, a real inspiration. I mean, I think it's an important image, an important icon to have, because these are the things we need. We need the Mandelas. Uh, we need figures like that who lead change by virtue of the arguments they're putting forward and the freedom that they represent. So it's an honor to give him that, that award for us. Yeah, he absolutely uh, just a, a hero of of mine and, and Ron's as well. And uh, we, we have Peter Robinson coming on in a couple of weeks and Ron and I were both moved by Peter Robinson's interview with with him as well. At the yes. end of the interview, I don't know if you heard, he, he, he Peter asked him, "Why don't you just leave, Jimmy? Why don't you just leave?" <laughs> this is the thing. I mean, he's a, he's a multimillionaire. He he can live anywhere he wants. He has a home in Taiwan. He has, I think, he has a home in Canada. Uh, mm -hmm. But no, it's it's the point. He he wants to free China. Yeah. And 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 his family seems to have rallied around him as well, and and says you know nowhere with you, and 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 has stayed. I mean, it's, it's a very very moving story. It is, it is. And it's recognized. You know, just the other day again, his story was written up in the New York Times. This time, it's been touted in the Wall Street Journal. I think the president even uh, made note of this struggle. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and and I, I've only got about uh, 90 seconds or so left with you in in, in this segment. In in my next segment with you, I want to talk more about the 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 papal encyclical. <laughs> uh, uh, and but one of the things in in the interview that you did with your with Acton Institute, you talked about how the the Pope refused an audience with the Cardinal from from China. That I, I I had not heard that. From uh, uh, Hong Kong, the the former, the emeritus uh, cardinal, Cardinal okay. Zen, uh, Joseph Zen, uh, who I also know. In fact, I've had dinner several times <laughs> at Jimmy's house in, in Hong Kong with him. And uh, Cardinal Zen has been quite adamant about uh, the mistake of the diplomacy with the church and the Chinese government. Uh, he thinks it's a betrayal, fundamentally a betrayal of the underground church. The people who have suffered the most since the time of Mao to the present. And uh, he wanted to make his case directly to Pope Francis. And the Pope simply ignored um, his presence. There's a picture of him in the empty Peter, St. Peter's Square, <laughs> wanting to meet with the Pope who is, you know, just feet, feet uh, yards away from him. That's uh, astounding. Yeah, it is very sad. And as I said, we'll 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 get back and talk a little bit about uh, Frutelli uh, Tutti when, in in the the next segment with myself. But we're against, unfortunately, our first commercial break here. Okay. <laughs> we, we believe in commerce. That's right. We want to remind those of you who are listening that you can contact Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. The website is The Soul of Enterprise, where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. And just a reminder, we are looking for show sponsors. So if you are interested, please send that email to asktsoe, and Ron and I will get back to you immediately on that. But right now, a word from one of those sponsors. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you need never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You 
You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're honored to be here for the fourth time with Father Robert Sirico. And Father, I did, uh, before I want to get back to Jimmy Lai with you and maybe that whole situation. But before that, sure. how have you been holding up under COVID? I, I know you've got your church and you run a school too, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. How's that been going during it's this? It's been very challenging uh, in, in a number of ways. Part, part of the challenge is that uh, we really don't know what we're supposed to be doing. I, I mean, if I showed you the the uh, amount of memos that we've gotten from the diocese on this. Uh, and then it changes from day to day, you know. So uh, we've tried to be just very prudent in, in how we do it. Uh, I can uh, say with great satisfaction that we never close the doors of our church, uh, at night, you know, for security. But we have had the church open. Now, I've heard of other people who, who can't even get into their church. And when we were prohibited from celebrating the Mass at all publicly, even though we tried several things to get, you know, uh, we wanted to be very entrepreneurial, and each time they said no. Uh, so we just opened the church for adoration, and uh, people came, and we heard confessions the whole time at a distance. And in the, um, it was in the summer at that time in the uh, grotto, uh, and we used the Zoom uh, function uh, to have town hall meetings and Bible studies and youth groups. Such creative people we have working for us. Then the school opened in September in person. We have both a grade school and a high school. And within the first week, who shows up at our door but the Secretary of Education, uh, Betsy DeVos. Now, granted, she's from Grand Rapids, so she knows us. And, you know, in full disclosure, she was on our board of directors. But I had said to her, if you ever want to come to a school, this was before COVID, please feel free. And she showed up and we took her through the school. She met the kids um, now we, uh, in Michigan, we're under another uh, set of restrictions that for some odd reason, this is very, very odd, uh, the high school had to be, uh, went to virtual learning, uh, and the school is in session. We have mass every day as well, so what we did was we increased the number of masses so that you could have less people in the church at one time. We did the same thing with our weekend schedule, um, and uh, it's been it's been going out. I, I haven't heard of any outbreaks. I mean, I know a number of people have had it, uh, COVID, and I visited some people. Um, we had a battle with the hospital. Uh, initially, right at the beginning, this is probably in March, when they issued an edict saying that they would not allow any clergy to visit, even the dying. And uh, I very, you know, quietly wrote some letters that got it turned around. Um, and But we're functioning. I mean, I'm tired of, of this. We want to be with people. It's quite normal. But you know, there's the concern for the vulnerable, for the elderly. I've been personally healthy. I've had probably five uh, tests so far and 
uh, I'm in there and kicking. I take my uh, vitamins and uh, get my rest and I take zinc. <laughs> and, you know, that's worked, but it, here I am. Excellent. Well, it, soon we'll have a vaccine, hopefully. Yes. Thank God for enterprise. Y yes. Thank you. That is a, a triumph of free markets, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that disturbs me about this in a broader sense, uh, of course, there's the isolation, the the increase in, in uh, I understand, in uh, domestic violence and suicide, probably drug use that, as a result of the isolation. But um, it's almost as though every day we hear that this disease should not be politicized. And you hear it constantly. It's a constant refrain. And yet, given the way in which healthcare is structured in this country, that is to say that the money that goes to healthcare, the regulations on healthcare, the regulations on sanitizers and the um, uh, masks and the like, uh, how could it not be politicized? Uh, we have set this whole thing up precisely that the assumption is the government has to be the primary actor uh, in this. Now, I'm not saying there shouldn't be any uh, overall policy, but the minutiae that they get in, they, they say, you know, Michigan has X number of cases when the vast majority of those cases are not uh, in Grand Rapids. You know, they're, they're elsewhere, but we get treated the same as everywhere else. And that replicates itself throughout the country. That's the problem of central planning. Right, right. I'm here in California, Father. Oh. It's just you know, so you could imagine. I mean, oh. he's, he's. Why don't got you have your here. mask on? I get. I, <laughs> well, we can't have Thanksgiving, uh, you know, without a yeah. mask, and we're not supposed to sing or do any. It's just crazy. It right, really is. Right. Um, and you know, I heard you on Act in Line several times. And by the way, great podcast. I'm really enjoying Thank that. Thank you. I went well, back I'll and caught them. up. And, and, and I heard you talk about the school and I'd never heard you tell that story before, but you really grew that school, didn't you? Yeah, I came to the parish eight years ago. I was assigned here by the bishop. And when I came, there was 68 students in the school, a dying school. Um, it just had lost a sense of its self, its mission. It was moribund. Uh, we had um, a hot lunch program which also indicates the, the financial level of many of the people in the school, because you, you know, they're poor, relatively poor. Uh, and we had three public school teachers who could teach in the school under the agreement with this, the school board or whatever it is, uh, that they would teach, they would be assigned by the school board, the public school board, it would save us the money, you know, probably, I don't know, $100,000 a year, and they'd pay all their benefits and everything. But we had to agree to remove, in effect, we rented our classroom to the public school system so they could count each of the heads that they were teaching. So they were teaching different subjects, and we had to agree to remove all of the religious symbols from the classroom. And when I came, I said, well, I'm going to terminate that agreement. Uh, I'm also going to terminate the uh, hot lunch program because I was concerned that the federal regulations, mm -hmm. uh, not just the food and the sanitation, which we keep clean anyway, uh, but things like the bathrooms that could be used and, and who could use them and things like that. 
And so we just pulled out of all that. Now, a number of the parents are very concerned because people said, well, who's going to feed the kids? I said, uh, how about their parents? <laughs> and uh, We just kind of changed the whole norm of the school. I said, the parents are the first teachers of their children, and we're here to help you do that. Tell us how. The homeschooling contingent that was already extant in the parish took great interest, both in the the classical curriculum we began introducing and in the orthodoxy uh, of our approach. And um, slowly the school began to grow. We instituted uniforms for all of the students, including the teachers, uh, and uh, daily mass, uh, which I don't think there are a handful of, uh, I grew up with that, you know, when I was a kid, Catholic, Kids went to mass every day in a Catholic school, but I think the handful of them across the country, just daily mass every day, introduced the teaching of Latin uh, into it. So our kids chant the Our Father every day in Latin. The, the parents have said, these kids come home and they're chanting Latin. <laughs> they don't know right. it. My parents said, I had to get the Iliad off the shelf to read it because these kids, these teenagers are talking about the Iliad or the Odyssey. And uh, slowly over, really over the last six years, because it took about two years to do that. I'm, I'm making it sound like this just happened overnight. It didn't. It didn't, sure. Two years. But then the growth shot up. Uh, we went from the 68 students to, I think, before COVID, we had 340. We still have in the high 290, something like that, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, that's incredible. So what what grades is it? It's uh, Montessori to high school. To high school, okay. Wow. And wow. high school six years ago, so we've already had uh, two graduating classes. And Father, just back to Jimmy live in the last two minutes that I have in this segment with you. What I I have a feeling what should we do, but what can we do? about this situation other than maybe offering the Hong Kong residents, you know, citizenship like Great Britain is in Australia. Yeah. So, so you mean, uh, what can we do as a nation? As, as a country? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, I, I think uh, something like that, uh, offering them some kind of sanction, I think also adding moral pressure. China is very um, hard nosed. You know, they they are doing this. They know that this is an economic threat to them. And uh, but I think they put a higher value on their control of people's lives than they do uh, on even the trade. Uh, so I think we just have to keep pushing. We need to make a moral example of them. The president needs to, and, and other moral leaders need to do, which is why we gave Jimmy the award. We didn't really, weren't just giving it to Jimmy. We were giving it to the freedom fighters in, in Hong Kong. I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if Jimmy could end up being the Solzhenitsyn of China that would bring the whole thing down? That is yeah. the communist apparatus so that the Chinese people as a whole, including on the mainland, could be free. And I think that's precisely what the Communist Party is threatened by. Wow. Yeah, I would love to see that. I just I just don't know if we have the political will to stand up to China. I mean, yeah. our companies are, are you know, 
caving under their pressure, the NBA, Disney, the movies and all of that. We just don't seem to do anything. No, I, I think this is why little voices like this are, you know, it, we have a crisis going on. We'll probably talk about this too. Simultaneously, a health crisis, a political crisis in the United States, and a moral crisis, especially uh, as seen in the what's going on in the Catholic Church, and somewhat, to some extent, among evangelicals as well. Uh, so I think we need to build a resilient set of communities. I think that's going to take some time. That's what I've said to my parish. We need to be um, anti-fragile. That is, right. grow under pressure and build these communities where people know what's going on and it's going to take some time, but I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, Father, this has been great. We're up against our next break. And folks, we'd like to remind you, if you want to get a hold of Ed or myself, send me send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com and become a Patreon member at uh, patreon.com slash tsoe. And which is now sponsored by 90 Minds. More minds meld at 90 Minds. Check them out at 90minds.com. And now a word from our sponsors. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content go to patreon.com slash tsoe subscribe now and be free you're worth it from the boardroom to you voice america business network We're tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are back for the fourth time with our friend, Father Robert Sirico from the Acton Institute. And Father, I want to talk to you about the papal encyclical Fratelli Tutti. But first, I have a question for you about last week's gospel. <laughs> which, which I, and I have to, I hope that, that if you feel your ears burning on Saturday about five o'clock, it's because I'm thinking of you when I'm uh, hearing a gospel. I'm going, I wonder what Father Sirico would think of this one. <laughs> um, because I know you are writing a book on the parables. And yes. last week, 
There was the parable of the of the talents, one of the the most well known and beloved stories. Yeah. I love this time of year just before Lent, um, especially with Matthew's gospel. We get we get a run right. of them, and. Right. Um, so, so this is the line that struck me. Uh, uh, should you not then have put my money in the bank so that it could have gotten back with interest on my return? And what came into my mind was there were banks. I, <laughs> I didn't. I thought like banking as an institution came later. There, there, I'm sure that that wasn't the the word bank wasn't around. But I'm wondering what were they doing with that? So I mean, I, I think the um, probably the Aramaic would uh, say money lenders. Mm. There were formal banks because those didn't really come into existence until about um, probably, uh, I'm thinking Venice really would have been where the institutions of banking in the Middle Ages. So I think uh, they were talking about the money money lenders. Yeah. a little bit of that too, even in today's gospel, which is the uh, cleansing of the temple. Mm. Uh, a lot of people, you know, the translation uh, today said um, that they were selling things, but really what they were doing were exchanging currencies mm-hmm. from the pagan currency to the temple currency because they had the images, the pagan images on the temple currency, and that couldn't be brought into. The, the holy area right so um, and and they were doing it uh, by cheating that's why they were yeah. called thieves yeah 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 no so I thought, so that was interesting so yeah so I guess but I guess it wouldn't have the same ring if he said could you not have put my money with the loan sharks to get her an interest that so anyway, that came into my loan loan shark is <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, thank you. I I really do appreciate that. Well, the, uh, the now that will be out hopefully next year, and you can uh, have me well, back. We'll, and we can talk. We'll talk all about it. Certainly, certainly. For so for Telly today, the the encyclical issued by Pope Francis in early October, uh, and as a layperson who has. I'm going to say this slogged their way through it, <laughs> and it was a slog. Um, yeah. it, it, it was it was all over the place, and quite frankly, I'm used to a, a language in encyclicals that, even if I don't agree with it, is inspiring, is helpful. This was just seemed to be a mishmash of like terms that that the Father Holy Father just kind of threw out at us, with yeah. no real con- cohesiveness about it. Did I, did I miss something? <laughs> No, it, it it lacked a good editor. That's for sure. <laughs> it struck me as a a lot of the homilies or the themes from allocutions or letters or speeches that he's given that these were all brought together and they said, well, develop something out of this, and and that's what we got. And the Holy Father is is you may have noticed, uh, and not just on economic things, but in general, he's kind of quirky in his use of certain idioms and languages. I don't know whether that's because he's a native a Spanish speaker who's speaking in Italian. Uh, so it's hard to discern, but there are certain idiomatic phrases that he uses that are odd to certainly to the English year, even to the Italian year at times. And um, he that's chock full of that stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The, the thing that concerned me about it really is the 
lack of understanding, the complete lack of understanding of the other side. It, it, it's one thing to be disagreed with. It's another thing to feel like, well, I, who are you talking about? I mean, who, who are you saying uh, on the, what he calls the liberal side, uh, the neoliberals, that's one of the phrases that's used often, who, who could you identify somebody who says that the market is the answer to all human problems? Uh, I don't believe that. I don't even think Ayn Rand believes that. <laughs> uh, may she rest in peace. Uh, so I, I, it's almost like a straw man that, that has been put up. And that does not promote the dialogue that he calls for in the encyclical. So uh, it's, it is frustrating. I have a bunch of notes on it, too, but it, it just really uh, lacked. I, I did like his, his um, meditation on the isolation of, of the pandemic, where he talks about we need to see each other. We need to feel the warmth or see the sweat uh, on uh, someone's hand. Uh, as we work together, you know, that that was, I thought, very beautiful. And it really brings the personal dimension to um, this whole question of, of the isolation of the pandemic. Along those lines, interesting that you bring that up. And I, by the way, I thought throughout reading the whole thing, I was like, hashtag straw man, hashtag straw man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but um, we had Gary Hamill on, who's written a, a book recently called Humanocracy, which is about getting rid of bureaucracy in in, in business institutions and replacing it with humans. Right, with the, the, the oh, institutions should should be as humans at human as the people who who are in them is his argument. Right, and yeah, um, I, I think copy as well, right? <laughs> absolutely, and the, that that you know, I, I, as a as a. a, a I mentioned Sage as the company that I work for, and the coming together that we ha I have seen as a community, and I've been a 17-year remote employee with this organization, so I've never really been fully connected. I've always worked from home, right? Yeah. But the coming together of the community that has happened inside this organization has been phenomenal, and I, and I hear that over and over and over again from other people in business that they they were missing the fact that their company was not a replacement for the family, but another institution that they could rely on. And I think that most people miss that about the, the places that they work. And I'm, in a way, I'm glad we've had the opportunity to experience that. Yeah, they, they could be the, the positive thing that comes out of this whole experience, a deeper value of our sense of community. I'm always uh, concerned about that because just when you think people have learned a certain lesson, uh, lasts for about a month after the <laughs> crisis is gone. You remember how everybody ran back to church after 9-11? Yeah. And then maybe six months later, uh, it dropped back to the same levels, and now is probably even lower than, than that 20 years ago. So, and along those lines on the institution, one, one of the things that struck me, and I, I hope I have this wrong, and I'll, I'll have to, I need to reread uh, Fratelli Tutti again, but... It almost struck me that 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 Pope Francis has has almost a lack of faith in the church as an institution. Now he doesn't call for social programs. I, I get that, but he doesn't seem to, to 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 say that you know what does he want is the question that I hear over and over again from this. And I don't know. He just doesn't seem to position. Well, the church could be the answer here. Like this is the. <laughs> it really could be. Um, 
<laughs> I think as a general in, um, I don't want to direct this at the Pope. Right, right. Um, if I were if I were trying to explain him, I would say I think what he wants is a voice beyond the church, and that's why it seems to me. And uh, this is no justification. I'm just trying to enter into his mind uh, that he doesn't use the name of Jesus in that. There was a, a whole. Uh, the, we've just come off of two days of. Uh, a conference in Italy, actually it's a virtual conference, so it's international, uh, on Fra uh, Francis's economy. And mm -hmm. a whole plethora of conversations on this. It was kicked off with Jeffrey Sachs, and then added to the, uh, the rostrum was Leonardo Boff. Do you remember that name? I if don't. If you were a um, uh, seminarian in the 70s or 80s, you would remember, because he was one of the fathers of liberation theology in Brazil. Oh, okay. Uh, and he uh, eventually left, I don't know, say left the church. He certainly left the priesthood. He was silenced by... Uh, the then Cardinal Ratzinger, who was the head of the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith. And um, what what happened was, uh, he, so now he's been invited back to speak uh, at the, the conference. And they, the, the whole first day, there was no mention of Jesus Christ. And I think this represents a general lack of confidence in the, the veracity of the church's mission, of the church's message. And uh, that's a shame because <laughs> let's remember, <laughs> not to put too sharp a point on it, that the church formed Western civilization. The ideas of the Judeo-Christian uh, tradition are what established this notion of the rule of law, uh, the institutions of private property and contract and the other things uh, and, and the institutions of charity. Charity as an institution and as a universal institution did not exist prior to Christianity. The hospital as an institution did not exist until Christianity. So to not see that sense, I mean, it, at the best you can say these bureaucracies, these secularized bureaucracies are a, a desiccated form of Christian charity. They imitate weekly Christian charity. So who, who better to revitalize our culture than the church? Yeah. And this is a missed moment. I, I, I agree. I, I may have mentioned this to you in a previous conversation we had, but I have a friend who is, his, has passed away, he's a libertarian, wrote, it, wrote this fantastic song. Uh, it was a country song. And it, was, it was called Let's Get Caesar Involved. And what he did was he took a couple of the par parables and, and tells them in a country music way. And, but the response from Jesus in this, this song is, well, sorry, we got we to gotta get Caesar involved. Like, you know, and one of them is the Good oh, Samaritan. I it's it's hysterical because he said you know he he says and and his point is is the, the good Samaritan didn't say oh there's a social program available for the, right. for for you yeah, <laughs> he's like I'll, I'll send the social worker back <laughs> <laughs> you know he didn't say let's get Caesar involved we have to be involved yes. we have to, and so I think it's a big miss but anyway we're up against our last break Father I could. 
and I, as you well know, I have talked your ear off at, at some events here in Dallas, and we, <laughs> we missed you this year. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get back to normal on this. But I hope so. want to remind our listeners that the place to contact us is AskTSOE at VerisAge.com. Ron mentioned the Patreon channel, patreon.com slash TSOE, where you can hear the episodes commercial-free, as well as our bonus conversations that we have. But right now, a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing Hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise well, welcome back everybody we're here with father sirico father we're coming off a political election that looks like it's been settled at least really when did that happen yeah <laughs> Oh, it seems like it's been going on forever. I'm sorry, I was on retreat last week, so. I... <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but I guess my question is, do you think character is destiny? You know, we used to have a certain standard for politicians uh, about character and morality. And, and, of course, we got the current person that's in there. Do you think we'll return or will it just be this pragmatic, transactional relationship with our politicians as long as they do a few things that i like or several things that i like i don't care about their character i mean where's character fit in in all this well i mean i guess we could hang it around uh trump or or even biden because it's the same same thing in a different presentation different package uh, but I think the real problem is is our culture as a whole. Uh, we don't think in terms of principles. We don't think in terms of uh, logic even. I mean, we've eviscerated thinking about things logically. It's just you saw that the recent press conference that was held on, on all of this stuff. 
uh, evidence doesn't matter. Uh, I, I'd love to see the evidence. Evidence. Fascinating. But uh, reason has to matter. So I think it really goes to the solution, if that's what you're getting to, goes to something outside politics. Uh, politics is, um, is, what do they call it, upstream <laughs> from culture. And I think a lot of the failure needs to be placed at the feet of the church and other and, and our educational systems. Uh, I'm not letting uh, the politicians off the hook because, um, and if I sound like I am, it's probably because I don't have high expectations of what politicians can do. They can exacerbate the problem, and they have, uh, by taking over everything. You know, the juiciest things <laughs> they want to take over. They took over the civil rights movement. They took over the these educational systems. They took over the hospital systems uh, that want to take over the church in the form of the, the charity that we have provided, as I said earlier. So I, I want to say the church, religious institutions, because of a, lo a loss of confidence, uh, is a great deal of the problem here. But yes, I, I think this is going to continue the way it is until we expect more. That we, we I mean, try and put... Trump on firing line in your mind. Mm. What would that look like? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. He's like yeah, the caller. Uh, well, because he wouldn't have been booked. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't mean to bash Trump because uh, uh, don't let me, you know, go after Biden too, who is, I mean, Look, you want to see a man who thinks of himself as a devout Catholic, who has so obviously um, pandered to the pro-abortion forces, regardless of what you think about abortion as a legitimate thing. This man is not a principal defender of any of that. I mean, he held for a long time, like Kennedy, like uh, Jesse Jackson. They were all pro-lifers. Uh, I don't mean to get into the pro-life thing, but, you know, that, that just, I think, exemplifies the, the problem that we're, we're dealing with. These people are not thinking in terms of principles at all. They're thinking in terms of votes. And by the way, this is going to come back to bite them because the most radical elements of the Democratic Party are thinking in terms of, well, maybe principles. I mean, I, I, I think Bernie Sanders has a philosophy mm -hmm. yeah. it's really wrong philosophy but the man is a serious marxist uh, or at least he was once upon a time maybe he's softened up too i mean he was a trotskyite but at least you know what you're getting there here with with biden and um harris uh you don't know what you're getting you know these are people who just want to be in power do you think we'll survive it? You know, Adam didn't didn't Adam Smith say there's a lot of ruin in the nation? Do you think think we'll survive? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think there's nothing promised to us that the United States of America, as we have known it heretofore, is going to exist in the next generation. I think it'd take a while to come down 
like the Roman Empire. I mean, if you've read any history, you realize that people living in the Roman Empire toward the end of it didn't realize it was falling apart. Art. 300 years they were living off the fumes of the past. And I think there are a lot of people living off the fumes of the past. And um, I was giving a speech once, kind of along the lines of what we're talking about here. And at the end of it, this man got up and he said he was inspired too. You know, well, I mean, I'm a preacher, so I, you know, can work an audience, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, he got up at the end of it and he said, Father, have you thought of running for president? And I said, did you just hear my speech? I said, besides which, I have a higher calling. <laughs> so, you know, people just tend to think that the government is the solution. And until we get over that fiction, uh, I, I, no, I, 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 I'm sorry to say, I don't mean to be a pessimist because I'm from, my family's from sunny southern Italy, <laughs> you know. I'm a pretty optimistic person. I really am. I'm, I'm not a depressed, you know, kind of being. But I think we're in a real difficult moment now, and, and the truth has to be told. And people uh, on the conservative side of things are afraid to tell the truth because of the power of this particular president. And the Democrats haven't been doing it for years. Hmm. Yeah. You know, Michael Novak, who I absolutely love, never got to meet him or even talk to him, but I knew, I know you knew him. He's just a wonderful thinker. He was, he was. He, he said something in one of his books that envy destroys civilization. Yeah. Civilizations throughout history. And when you think about all the talk about inequality, Piketty and all these other people that talk nothing, they, they rarely mention poverty, but they talk a lot about inequality. Is that just disguised envy? You know, I think it is. I mean, I've often said that if you want to point the finger at capitalism uh, and capitalism's chief vice is greed, uh, and I, I think that can exist, it does exist, then the chief vice of collectivism is envy. It absolutely is. It's not, And let's be clear, envy isn't just wanting to have a share in uh, what other people have, wanting to have what other people, you don't want them to have it. To have it. It's one <laughs> of the seven deadly sins, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Father, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how your brother is doing, Tony. And has he been anything in anything that we have seen? Like, I know he was in The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. No, and he did a number of things after The Sopranos, a lot of commercials and different things like that. But, you know, he's 10 years older than me, and I think uh, he's retired. Uh, so I don't think you're going to see him in anything uh, anymore. Uh, I talked to him. I just talked to him, I think it was yesterday, the day before. And uh, he's well-loved and taken care of, uh, especially by his beautiful daughter, uh, my niece. Oh, so. Beautiful. Last time we had you on, you, you and you said here that you're working on the book on the parables. Um, you also said last time that you're. It may be the never the greatest book never written. <laughs> never written. But you also had said mentioned two other books you were working on: 101 Questions and then your memoir. You, yes, any... I have the 101 Questions, but I want to finish up the parables because I'm almost done with that. And the memoir is in boxes. I have to sort that, and that's going to be my retirement project. 
Excellent. Well, Father, we'll have you back on. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. back on the Soul of Enterprise. It's always such a privilege to be able to talk to you. Ed, what do we have coming up next week? Next week, Ron, we are on hiatus for Thanksgiving, but then the week after that, we have our interview with Robbie Kellerman Baxter. Excellent. I'll see you in the 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business and the knowledge and economy, sponsored by Sage. Transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, please do feel free to visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com.